All right, everybody, everybody needs to shut up now. Take it. Ah, <laughs> gotcha, bitch. Hey there. Welcome to Motorcycles and Miss Who here in rainy Southwest no, California. No, no, no. All right. It's close you enough. You fucked up. It's your favorite part of the day. You're mess. done. You're what done. a mess. <laughs> I didn't hey there. see that coming. Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Coming at you from the Recycle Garage. It's yes. sunny. Well, rainy Santa Cruz, California. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, and it's cold. cold. But, but I mean, sun I understand. Sun did come out. God, it's cold. But I, that I is measured a, it. It was about yeah. 1.3 seconds yeah. that I could see the sun here. And cold what? is a relative term. Yeah. It, it's California cold. It can't be much higher than 50 degrees. I'm no, yeah, people only talk oh, about yeah. the weather when they got nothing else to talk about. No, That's no. right. I was about to. Okay. But we don't, uh, have any, we don't have any snow, though. So. In, the, in ah. the train room today, we have me, Nock, uh, co-hosting. And also, we have Henry. Hey, what's up? Scott. Good evening. Bagel. Howdy, howdy. Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. Anzi. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the show. Good night. Bye, everybody. So, uh, well, no, hang on. So, where is Fearless Leader? Well, uh, she's in one of the Dakotas, as I've told that there's more than one Dakota. She doesn't um, know on her motorcycles. So, um, what no, is she she's doing in there? South Dakota. She's yeah. in South Dakota South in the Dakota. Black Hills doing something for, I mean, I think it's a woman's power sports. It's for Werwer. She's yeah. riding those dirty snowmobiles, cheating on her motorcycles. <laughs> cheating on her motorcycle. They're over here. Dirty, they're really, they're really, you gotta do the angry. snowmobile conversion with a bike. Yeah, she's oh, going this yes. weekend. Uh, hopefully, she'll be back uh, next week. And you call it a sled, then this you out. Dirty sled. To sort this out. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to need a lot of editing. Yeah. So. so. There we are. Yeah. That's it. I think. All right, we're done. Yeah, thank you for listening to our show and wasting 10 minutes of your time. No, we've got, we've actually got quite a great you know deal what? to talk about. Tonight. I rolled up at 11.30. Nobody was here. I opened up shop. The first person that came up was Gavin. I know. The guy with the uh, VLX something 600. The thing that you've been working on all day? Yeah. Gavin, it's coming along nicely and he's very dedicated to it. No, it's running. It's good. He's a. He's Jesus a, Christ, wow. Henry. Last, last week he came in with a. A front tire uh, issue, and it turns out that had <laughs> <laughs> a little more issues than a front tire. Uh, the inner tube was actually punctured, and right. we tested it by inflating it before we actually installed it on the rim. But we didn't inflate it enough so where the leak would present itself. Right. Mm. So you, you got to have X amount of pressure in there for it to actually, you know, produce some kind of a leak. So he came in with new uh, inner tube, and we installed that. We had to just jam off the old. Uh, old tube and put the new one in there and it was like 20 minutes or something like that. This is the $900 motorcycle. Yeah. I think it was even cheaper. It was like 800 bucks or something. Yeah. I thought you said it was 800 or something. Yeah. I thought it was 900. But a running titled motorcycle, that's... And I was going to say, Gavin actually, he did it right. He got a running titled, emphasis on titled, motorcycle with no back fees, just dirt cheap, Mm -hmm. knowing it was going to need a ton of work and he's just systematically... Going through it, doing each thing. It's got a thing. new chain, new sprockets, well, new front tire. New it's tube. roadworthy now. I mean, yeah. like the, the guy's a uh, he's at the college doing uh, computer programming, so he's got the Go n- you know um, nugget for it. And um, yeah, we were just taking our time. I mean, we had the whole entire day to do it. And what happened to the handlebars? Why, why weren't uh, they changed? No time. We just oh, ran out of time. time. Okay, but. Um, that throttle coming off is kind of a thing. The throttle that was coming <laughs> off the throttle. Well, I mean, he got it. 
he, we got everything put back together again, and uh, he got a new chain on there, and he got the right chain, the right spro- set of sprockets, and like good good Hondas, they kind of come apart nicely. Uh, the parts came apart nicely. Mm-hmm. It's usually like I was I was dreading the the front sprocket because sometimes mm-hmm. it's a giant bolt. Yeah, you know the ones where mm-hmm. it's just one giant bolt. Yep. Mm-hmm. But these are the two small ones with the little plate that kind of yeah. Locks the, you, the you undo the two bolts and yep. then just turn the plate. Yeah. Um, but the only way to get those giant nuts off the front is just use an air gun on them. And yeah. Brrr. Breaker bar, depending. You but you know, know it's a, it's ass. another good thing. I about had to one giant nut on my Honda. Never had a problem. I just had to make sure. Sometimes I they don't yeah. come off. Sometimes they do. It's a crapshoot. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> well, it was a thir- 2013, so it wasn't you know rusted on. But you know, one yeah. of the good things about California is because the weather's good, we don't salt the roads. Yep. And you have right. no yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. The havoc salted roads it's can reek on a motorcycle. Salt yeah. destroys everything it touches. Yeah, oh. As long as you don't park your bike, you know, within a couple blocks of the ocean, at least. Right. <laughs> yeah, stay but, off the coast, stay off the north end. Like, yeah. My only real dismay was he bought some kind of unbranded chain off uh, Amazon. Yeah, it was kind of uh, hokey. And it was like a clip type. I'm not a fan of the clip type, but apparently it's okay uh, for cruisers. Uh, yeah, I mean... It's, it's a 525 chain. It's kind of fat, I guess, but... I wouldn't put a clip type on an R1. No, I no. wouldn't do that either. I, I I've seen those too many of those things fail. Like, I know there's a way you could install them to where they don't come apart, but I've seen way too many of them fail, and I've seen, you know, have had first-hand accounts. Well, what we used to do rides. back in the day, yes, back in the day again, <laughs> um, when all we really had were clip types. I mean, obviously, you've got to make sure that yeah. the clip is put on the right way, which means mm-hmm. the closed end of the clip is facing the direction of travel. Mm-hmm. If the clip is on the bottom run of the chain, it's facing the back of the bike. Mm-hmm. If it's on the top run of the chain, it's facing the front of the bike. Yep. So that's the closed end. And then you'd assemble the chain, clean the crap out of the connecting link with brake clean, let mm-hmm. it dry, and then put a blob of silicon over mm-hmm. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. that's it. And I never had one of those things fail. Really? So my first yep. chain of my yeah. Honda, I, I did the uh, press... And then had to change it on the road and went to clip, and I ran clip from there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it's, yeah, it works for me. Yeah. I needed super that handy. advice in 1986. And I had my RD400, and I was going up a hill, and the bike suddenly lost power with the R was going up, and I looked behind me on the road, and it's all lined up in a straight little line on the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. ejected. Yeah. But yeah. The other thing though is that they do fail, and you carry a spare master link. All you gotta do is put it back on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, so he got this bike all squared away, and he, you know, he went off for a little bit of a test ride, and, and I it was t- a long test ride. You got dude, worried. I, I told him go around the block, dude. Just you know, and he <laughs> was gone for forty five minutes. And I was like, <laughs> apparently, he's enjoying himself. Okay, I mean, if yeah. something does come up, oh, he, could he had text the biggest me. smile on his face when he came back. But mm. he was super stoked, and uh, he got back, and then he's, you know, we put the. I always kind of do the thing where leave the covers off, go for a test ride, shake it down, then put yeah. it all back together again, and. So you don't have to do it all twice if something. Did he take wrong. it home today? Uh, he did take it home today. Yep, nice. Yeah. But it's a work in progress. He's coming yeah. back oh, next yeah. week. Handlebars, sure. cables, all that good stuff. Yeah. But he's doing great. He's, he's nice to have around. He's he's good, positive attitude. And yeah, to, it's second time he's bike. ever worked on on his on his bike apparently or yeah. ever. And he did it like it was an older bike and it had like grime and dirt on it, but n- nothing was really breaking off of it. No, so mm-hmm. it, it, know, it was just dirty. Yeah. Does he mm-hmm. have the lower saddle blocks for that new handlebar? Because he's talking about taking the bar risers out. Uh, probably I don't, not. Probably not. He probably doesn't have it. Yeah, that, those are he'll, some he'll seriously high. Have to order something. Yeah. Risers. Well, even uh, with the bar he's got, taking off the the buckhorn thing he's got, it'll still lower him even with that riser. Instead. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So somebody else got filthy today. Yeah, mm-hmm. Henry. The I've yep. ever seen yeah, you, dude. Uh-huh. Black hands. Well, over I do there. most. I actually do most of my work at my place. But anyway, yeah, I took out the motor from my uh, Mataguzi V11 Le Mans, yeah. and I brought it here just to sort of take it apart and do an assessment. I gotta say, I was the most impressive thing I have ever seen <laughs> because Henry is lean. You know, he's, he's <laughs> like a panther, and so the 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 gate swings open, and there's Henry just clutching to his breast this giant frigging V11 engine. What? into recycle oh, put how, it on the work and then <laughs> how throws it up m- onto the workbench what displacement is that motor is that 1000 TZ 1100 it really oh yeah it, it yeah. seemed a lot smaller how much the thing than uh, I thought it would be it's, like, it's probably close to 80 pounds, yeah. pounds well, oh, it's, it's it more than that good lord mm-hmm. you sure yeah. I think the crank's probably 100 so, pounds <laughs> what's, what's the story with that man what's going so, on why was it taken apart why is it out of your motor or out of your bike and all that the reason why it's taken apart is I started running into uh, clutch issues where I'd pull in the clutch and it wouldn't fully disengage. Mm-hmm. Like it would still creep forward a little bit and then shifting was re- really hard on it, which when you're lane splitting to work or something like that and somebody pulls out in front of you, it's kind of unnerving not to be able to shift mm. to, yeah. <laughs> avo- to work on that situation. But anyway, I just dropped the motor because the way the Motoguzi is is that it's because it's a transverse engine. The clutch plates are on the back end of the motor, so you have you, to get access to it. You have to just drop. Easiest way is just to drop the motor and yeah. take it out. This and is a then, shaft drive motorcycle, by the way. Yep. Yeah. Shaft drive motorcycle, and then the it has about forty thousand miles on it, and I did a compression che- check on it. The right cylinder was running about one hundred and forty psi, and the left cylinder was ninety psi. Ooh, nasty mm. business. Ninety, really? Yeah. So some so something's not working right there. Oh, jeez. And yeah, while it's apart, I figure I'd give it a good clean since the exhaust valves are just filthy. Yeah, actually, the valves right. in general are just filthy on it. And then also maybe look into some hot riding parts on it. Ooh, as we're well. gonna hop it up. Mm-hmm. Just so, just a little bit. What's the story with that broken motor mount? It, oh, that was uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> that was when I got. I, best I figure is that that's when I got hit and low sided on my on my left side. That was when my boot got stuck in the back. And the bike dragged me across mm. two lanes of traffic, but I guess there was a little bit more extensive damage than I initially thought. Hidden damage. And I didn't know it until I was taking off the four frame bolts, and I was like, why isn't there a, why isn't there a bolt here? And I look, and it's just sheared off. There's mm. nothing right. there, basically. Okay, were the shear marks dirty, or did they look kind of fresh? They're fresh. Talking about low oh. siding. Yeah. Someone who okay. came to the garage today low sided on those plates. <laughs> just right down the street. Oh, yeah. Brandon, Brandon right? Yeah. yeah. Brandon? Mm-hmm. No, Brian. 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 I, was, I thought it was Brian. Yeah. yeah Wait, no, what happened? Brian. Which one's Brian? So Brian is the um, young army guy. Yeah, he's with well, the R one leaving. Yes, when he was no, arriving. FC1. FC1. When he was one. arriving. Yeah, when he was arriving, he did, he dropped it and smashed off a mirror. Because on an FC one, oh, he's got okay. those yeah, giant, yeah, yeah, yeah. those giant the little, mirrors, yeah. like mini, you know, mini mouse ears, like yeah. by the tracks over there. Yeah, yeah. on the tracks. <laughs> I always like, watch those, man. Well, yeah. when you do those tracks, you're supposed to like do the turn before the tracks and hit yeah. them straight. Yep. He turned on them. Yeah, slipped. Don't want to do that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. especially since they were wet too. Yeah, yeah. So if I can jump yeah for just talking about being this. wet, riding down from San Jose on 17. Hold on, we'll get to great. you. We'll get to you. Just, right. just a second. I know you like to talk about yourself. Just give me a second here. <laughs> oh, whatever. we're not there yet. We're talking okay. about rain and wet. We're mm-hmm. talking about the goozy right now. So, what yeah. other plans do you have? Uh, can I make a suggestion? <clears throat> yeah. 
Yeah, if you if you can't get the motor back together, you can use it as a couple of beer taps. <laughs> yeah. There's a place in Faschina, <laughs> nice. Austria, Gasthof Sonnenkopf, where they've got that at the bar. It's a Moto Guzzi block oh, wow. with yeah. two tap handles on it, oh, left and nice. right. <laughs> Choose your beer. Mm-hmm. Oh That'd be God. cool, but... So we took the... I plan on taking the transmission here, too, for just tear down and look over as well, but I ran into a strip bowl, so i got to fix that I don't first. think you've got transmission problems, Henry. Mm-hmm. I no. think you've got severe clutch problems. Yeah, when, yeah. And that manifested itself I, as transmission <laughs> problems. Mm-hmm. You pulled out these plates that look like beautiful glazed donuts. Yeah. <laughs> it was shiny. And, and I mean, and it's, got a, it's got a very old-fashioned clutch in yeah. that the friction material mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. riveted onto a steel-backing plate, yeah. except on his bike, it ain't riveted anymore. No. It's all, yeah. all the rivets are broken, and mm. you know it's kit form. <laughs> yeah. yeah I was, yep. As I was taking it, up, as I started loosening up the the bolts for the flywheel, just dust started, clutch dust started pouring out of it. And, it was like, and oh. then bits started falling out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my problem. Is, is that entire area sealed, or is it exposed to the no, air? No, it's sealed. It's, it's sealed. sealed? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a dry clutch, but it's yeah. sealed from the outside. Okay. Does it have a rattle like a Ducati? Yeah. I don't remember. Well, yeah, it has a bit of a rattle. Oh, that's cool. make, not as noticeable, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay, new clutch plates, and new hot rod parts, and mm-hmm. you're good to go soon yeah. enough, huh? I was thinking, yeah, Emma, what are like? What should I do? I want to keep this thing like very streetable. I don't want. Well, to, like, we 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 talked about higher compression, which I thought was a bad idea mm-hmm. because I mean I consistently tear my hair out about the quality of fuel, mm-hmm. particularly here on the west coast. Mm-hmm. So, going high compression, I don't think's the way to go. Yeah. Um, you'll run into all kinds of pinging problems. So mm-hmm. we can hot rod it in other ways. We can change the cam. Mm-hmm. Um, we can do a slightly higher lift on the cam, a longer yeah. duration, bigger overlap. That's going to give you more power. Mm-hmm. I can do a little bit of porting work on the heads. The yeah. best thing about these old air-cooled Guzzi engines, and the same as the old-cooled, old air-cooled Japanese stuff, pretty much everything you do to them is going to give you substantially more power <laughs> because they're very, very low-tech engines. Would you mm-hmm. say they're kind of overbuilt for what they are? Oh, God, yeah. As far as castings and, and oh, like, absolutely. You know, compression mm-hmm. and all that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it's a very, very overbuilt engine. Um, Guzzi's haven't got the greatest reputation for reliability, but it's rare to have an engine failure. Hmm. You know, usually the the thing is with Guzzi's, anybody who's owned one, nothing prepares you for the horror of taking off the headlight and all this technicolor, <laughs> multicolored spaghetti falls all over the front fender. Yeah. Like, Jesus, what's that? Um, the electrics on them are just woeful. They're yeah. getting better. Um, the worst electrics I ever encountered on an Italian bike was actually on a Laverda. Mm. Um, I was lucky enough in the 70s, I had a Laverda Jota, which was an amazing bike. It's Genuinely triple, right? a quick bike, but God, I had the most crappy electrics in my, mm. it had actually you know those little plastic blocks with the two screws in the top yeah oh the, yeah, the fuse block is that what you're talking yes. about yeah it yeah. just had thousands of them everywhere <laughs> and just like mystery parts I got a fuse wow. box for my fuse box <laughs> yeah there were mystery parts there was like yeah these things 
that had wires going to them. And I didn't know what they were. I don't know what they are now. Did, yeah. did it use? You know, it's just things. Well, do you? Can I disconnect? No, you can't disconnect so, that. Did it's, it use a FEMSA electronic ignition too? Yes. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> you know, just everything bad. Yeah. It's like Laverda's like everything that is crappy with motorcycle electrics. We're going to include on this fantastic <laughs> yeah. superbike. Surprise! It sounds like early seventies. Well, yeah. yeah. And in all other respects, I mean, it's, I have the fondest memories of that bike. It's a very, very unique exhaust note because it was a three-cylinder bike. Oh, yeah. it was that one. But it didn't work like normal three-cylinder bike. Normally, a three-cylinder bike has got like a 120-degree crank. <laughs> yeah. Laverda isn't... The early ones aren't like that. They've got a 180 crank. So there's two pistons up, one down. Oh, yep. mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you had the old Jota. Uh, yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and... It wasn't really a Jota. It was actually a 3C, but I converted it to a Jota. You yeah. bring it up to Jota spec. Hmm. But you've got two up, one down. But, of course, the two that are up are doing, di doing different things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The one on the left's on compression. The one on the right's exhausting. Mm -hmm. So it's not, like, completely unbalanced. But it was... At idle and low speed, it sounded like a twin. Yeah. But then when you revved it, this kind of three-cylinder note came, came in. Because, um, of course, you know, I've got the Trident right now. Yeah. Um, and that's got a completely different note, even though it's a, a three-cylinder bike still. You know, I, I've never really been a fan of uh, three-cylinder bikes in terms of sound, but like I just oh, realized, the best. but I realized like there's firing order totally changes the way that that Absolutely. sounds too. Mm -hmm. So it's never really. And you know, you know whether the fact that if it's an overhead cam, yeah. or a pushrod, generally pushrod engines, whether they're three-cylinder, whether they're singles, whether they're um, twins, they always sound kind of meatier yeah. than overhead cam engines. Overhead cam engines have got a sort of higher tone to them and yeah. always have. That's why, you know, you'll hear a, um, an old Bonneville ride past or even a, a BSA Lightning or Thunderbolt. Right. And a meaty sound. You're like, that thing's only a 650. Yeah. Because, you know, a 650, you're riding a 650. Yeah. But if Very you, pedestrian sounding. <laughs> especially with a stock exhaust. Right. Yeah. But if you were to park, say, a late 60s BSA 650 Thunderbolt next to it. Yeah. The BSA sounds, sounds a lot meatier. Yeah. Well, how can this be? This both 650 twins. Well, you know, a lot of it's just the way the engine's made. It's bore and stroke. The castings are thicker or the thinner. castings are thicker. Water cooling. Push rod. Yeah. It's those push rods. You know, push rod engines generally sound meatier. Mm -hmm. Um but anyway, so back to Henry's. Yeah, yeah, did you have to split the bike in half? Is it like like a BMW where like the engine is a stress member, and so what you have is yeah, the ass of it. It yeah. all comes out the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, mine mine is a spine frame, so it just yeah. has four. Well, in my case, three bolts <laughs> holding it to the frame of the bike, and then I just undid the bolts on the back, connecting it to the transmission, and the whole thing just kind of popped out. I mean, I disconnected That's things cool. like oil lines and like yeah. neutral. What uh, or what we grounds. do at work is I put Goozies sideways on my bench yeah, and then I lift them up undo all the engine bolts and then hang the bike from the ceiling and drop the bench yeah. and the engine comes straight out the bottom on my bench yeah, yeah. I, you know, and leave the bike hanging from the ceiling I like that approach to it's engineering it's like a big mobile <laughs> yeah it's a cool approach to engineering where you're using fewer parts as possible to make it lighter right. but at the same time it's a pain in the dick because my Superhawk is the same way uh -huh. where the swing arm is attached to the motor and you have the front frame <laughs> but yeah it's just you got to do different things to you take know, it apart. You one know. of the most awkward ones I did recently, I did um, an old Tiger 900, yeah. a mid-90s mm. one for uh, Curtis. 
and the starter clutch had gone. Well, those early tigers, you got to split the cases to fix the starter <laughs> clutch. Mm. Yeah. So you know, and the starter clutches go out quite regularly. Mm-hmm. But that was an awkward engine to get in and out. Yeah. It really was. It got swing arm plates and engine plates, and it was like a symphony. You had what to year was this? Ninety five. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was like real early, you know, um, when did the Triumphs get bought out? I think John Bloor, I want to say 91, 92, he kind of got the final rights to it and started. But early 90s, he started building bikes again, the three-cylinder ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Tiger was there really from day one. Oh, is that the one where the air filter is buried underneath the, the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, the, t- the air the... filter's like a horseshoe shape. Yeah, okay. Um yeah. It's real interesting engineering. So it's they're great bikes. They're really, really good bikes. Um, you know, and hats off to Triumph. You can still buy everything for them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But good, that engine was a pain in the ass. I mean, it was. It was like you hold that plate there, and you hold that. There was there was three of us yeah. kind of lining up all the plates, and I was kind of knocking the swing <laughs> through. And it's like alignment's a bitch. Yes. Getting things lined but, up, boy. Um, so, you know, um, a cam in Henry's, a little bit of porting work. Yeah. Um, it's fuel injected, so the injection yeah. will take care of everything yeah. else. Cool. I, was, I was also thinking, like, maybe valves and, like, push rods as well. Right. But, you know, no high compression pistons no. or anything like that. I just I've don't. still got your power commander on my V11, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, th- yeah, that would be... Okay, if you were to do high compression, what would you do? Uh, a stroker or bigger piston or uh, no? I mean, no? if you well, if you do well, higher you... compression, you just have a higher crown on the piston. The okay. bore and stroke remains the same. Right. Um, I mean, you, theoretically, you could put a stroker crank in it and yeah. take it up to about fourteen hundred, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like it's like a lot yeah, balancing I mean, things and yeah. you know what I mean? That's I know, like, like essentially re engineering the harmonics you can of put, that shit. I know you can put like a, a different like a Cabrillo uh Cabrillo rod? Cabrillo rod yeah, crankcase yeah. in it. And that's like twenty percent lighter, but you gotta rebalance the, Oh you mean uh, Yeah, but Rod or, or crank crankshaft? Uh crankshaft. Oh, so shit. You know, when you're talking about horsepower and I'm not talking about modern horsepower because if you buy like an R1 or an FC1, yeah. it's hard to get those things to make much more power. You can put an exhaust yeah. on it and it sounds like it's going faster, but you're not making that much more yeah. power because mm-hmm. they're in a very high state of tune out the box. Like you two can, to five horsepower out right, of a, out of a exactly. slip on, maybe. You, yeah. you, you can put a power commander on it and kind of clean up the flat spots, mm-hmm. but a power commander's not giving you more peak. Actually, more power it's cleaning it up it's taking the flat spots and maybe leveling it off but the old stuff and even though the, the goozies like in early 2000s i mean it's the throw- 2003 yeah. yeah it's a throwback to the 80s that bike mm-hmm. so you to give yourself 10 or 15 more percent power that's quite easy to do mm-hmm now, when you start wanting 20 or 30% more yeah, power, there's, there's you a, need to start paying some big money. Uh, yeah, there's now a you're dollar boring. value attached to Exactly. Now yeah. you're boring. Now you're stroking. Yeah. You know, if you stroke an engine, um, there's big money because mm-hmm. you're either putting crankcases on it, you're putting cylinders on it, um, crank rods it, yeah. you, you're talking about the whole rotational and reciprocating mass of an engine yeah aside, big money aside from the material goods you, you have to have the labor to and the expertise yeah, exactly. and those guys don't come cheap right they know what and, the fuck they're doing so yeah. hopefully and, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah and it's so time consuming yeah. i mean i ported ahead 
um, for uh, Charlie a um, couple of months back, and I just kind of, yeah, I'll do it for a few hundred bucks for you, Charlie, kind of as a courtesy to you. But it takes hours. Oh, my God, yeah. it takes forever. Because, you know, you shave a little bit, and then you flow test it, and you shave a little bit more, and you flow test it. And then you go backwards, and you do mm-hmm. shit out mm-hmm. of it, and then, you know, you take it off somewhere else. It's just real time-consuming. So what's your timeline on this, Harry? I Whenever you get to it? Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a passion project. I mean, I'd like yeah. to get this thing assembled and ride it out to mid-Ohio, since I was originally... Planning, planning to, to yeah. do that, okay. but cool. you know, just well, as long as well, the July, you got time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you got plenty of got time. time. The chassis is great, isn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. You think you could reweld the uh, uh, the the broken motor mount? Is, yeah, or is yep. that too kind of far up there for? No, that'll, that'll weld. Mm-hmm. You think so? That'll weld. Yeah. I mean, the, the 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 most time consuming part of that is we're going to have to make a jig to hold it flat. Yeah, because it's a big big casing so when you put the heat on and you start welding up that engine mount Mm -hmm. you know it's going to want to go banana shaped Mm -hmm. so what i'll probably do with that is if we get a piece of like hardwood Mm -hmm. real thick piece of hardwood we can bolt it down to the hardwood Mm -hmm. so that'll hold everything true while you're welding it and it Mm -hmm. won't want to kind of curl up like a piece of toast at the corners yeah but yeah i've just you know, I don't. I want realistically. I like to try and get this thing sort of done in about three months. But I don't yeah. have any. Pro- I mean, I have the ST13 as my everyday rider, which is it's a great bike. So because of course the Futura is gone now, hasn't it, Henry? I, I still own it, but the Futura is still is still in the family, so to right, say. Right, right. Wait, what's right. going on with the Futura? Hmm? Oh, Bex has laid a claim on it. So and I don't. Wait have, a minute. What does that mean? I don't have space at my place to <laughs> store more bikes than I have now. So Bex is quote unquote taking care of it oh, in the this meantime. is convoluted maybe I shouldn't ask <laughs> but yeah she yeah she's probably gonna buy it some at some point in the near future okay but cool well of course Bex blew up her triumph Oh, what happened to that thing? It just... It's it blew up. Oil. Run out of oil? Did it run out of no, oil? No, there's oil in the radiator. Um, oh. So yeah. Blown head gasket? Yeah. Which is generally wrong. a bad sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's a pain in the ass. That, that thing has just got a ton of miles on it, and it's got a ton of hard miles yeah. on can, it. Can you, can you replace the gasket with the motor in the frame? No. Nothing? No, you got to pull the whole thing out? No. Yeah, you got to pull the whole thing out. You wouldn't want to anyway. Yeah. Access. Because... <laughs> Yeah. That thing, I mean, that bike um, smoked. Did it really? Or, yes. God, yeah. I remember follow, like I remember following her on a road it's trip, like a and it's just stroke. like just there's. I see smoke, and I feel like I'm getting gas. Like as, I fall, <laughs> as I'm following her, yeah, noxious fumes. So I mean, the engine's got to come out anyway. It need rings. It need valve guides. Actually, the compression was really good on it when yeah, we tested it. Yeah, but it, the oil control rings are probably toast. The mm. valve guides are toast. Yeah. The seals are toast. Um, the cam chain's probably toast. You'd want to put a starter clutch in. I mean, again, you could throw a couple of grand in parts at that engine. Yeah. Um, well, and then you would it be worth it to yes. buy a new one off of eBay and take well, the crapshoot? You know, weird ass motor, you know. I was going to say. I mean, that's probably the way to go. Yeah. Um, and if you're brave, I mean, there's a ton of low mileage ones out there with crappy starter clutches on them that people just want to get rid of because they don't is, want to is split it the like, casing. Is it like the uh, regular other Triumph motors or where the, the starter clutch is buried the fuck inside the thing? It or? sits on top of the clutch. Oh, okay, okay. Right, on, not... on that one, on the later oh, okay. one, they moved it onto the side on the 1050s. Yeah. 
Um, okay. But the 955s, which I think, which is Bex's, it is, it sits on top of the clutch. Okay. That's, and that's you've got to split the casings. Oh, you, yeah. Okay. That's, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That yeah. sucks. Emma, you were talking about a different 955 this summer, I think. A listener wrote in. I'm just thinking about there's steel sleeves in that bike, right? That are directly exposed to coolant on the other side, and there's something about the alignment of those sleeves that gets disturbed if you break it open. It's a wet yeah. cylinder. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, it's it it's not a, it's not an easy engine to build. Yeah, you need your wits about you to build it, and they're the great engines. Mm-hmm. Most Triumph Sprint owners love their bikes. Most Triumph Tiger owners really are passionately yeah. love their bikes. Yeah. But they're very, very finicky bikes. Finicky Triumph. What a surprise. <laughs> Speaking of finicky, I saw you with sandpaper today. Yes. Mm. You, so you're always bringing like these little projects that you're taking like three hours to fuck with. What's what? <laughs> what's going? Three hours is like, like one thing. Well, she, I mean, she's perfectionist. The, yeah, there's obviously the passion behind it. So what were you doing? You're fucking so, with the taillight or something? Yeah, no, it's it? just that it was the taillight off the Trident. Oh, so okay. the Trident that I fell off and mangled my shoulder, which still is. I think. Are oh, you still dealing you. with the consequences of that thing? Continually, I'm, right? Or 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 that or is that situation pretty much no, that's taken it's, care of? No, it's taken care of. The, oh, okay. bike, the, the, the bike came out of it a lot better than I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the bike is repairable. I'm not sure whether I'm repairable yet or not. I'm, yeah. so, I'm still getting twinges out of my shoulder. Yeah. Um, Smoke some weed, man. Yeah. Before that CBD. But no, it's the. Um, you know the the aluminum, the aluminium, darling, yeah. was getting to me on that bike because it is so dull and gruesome. Um, was it? Is it one of those ones where they anodized clear, or is it just no? Like it's just no. Okay, so you it's, just a, is it, it's an old. It's a British bike from the sixties. Yeah, they're not going to anodize anything. Yeah, I was about to say. Like, they're, they're they're like, you know, it's like they they cast it. Yeah, you know, Jack or Henry or Bob. <laughs> or Joey the Bob. Oh, Bob. Bob or Joey the apprentice just ran a polishing mop over it and there you go. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. No clear coat or anything. Okay. And so of course 40 50, no 50. Mm-hmm. 50 years, you know, it goes a bit gray and horrible. Yeah. So I thought um yeah, let's try and bring the aluminium back. Uh, and I've been working my way over it. Okay, you're going to do the polish finish or are you going to do a No, brushed? I'm doing the polish finish. Nice. Polish yeah. finish. Mm-hmm. It's not it. like a chrome finish. A lot of right. people over-restore these bikes. And it's, yeah. um, you know, it's it's a very, very highly polished finish. It's a very tactile finish. It's yeah. a very nice thing to touch. Yeah, if you get it wet, you can kind of see the fact that it's not fully mirror polished. Right, kind of thing. exactly. Yeah. Um, but it looks really, really good. Um, cool. And I've, I've just got one more casing to do on the engine. But, of course, the tail light. Um, it's just there. It sits there, and yeah. it's this big lump of aluminium. So I thought, okay, I'll bring it in, um, strip it down yeah. into its component parts, clean out all the gyach. Yeah. And then uh, that's a technical term. The, 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 the yeah. Yes, and um, just work on the uh, aluminium, darling. Um, okay, are you having to deal with the old plastics, too, for that thing? Or no. can you get new? No, there aren't any plastics on so, it. So okay. fiberglass. No, I mean like the the, the actual uh, the lens for the. Oh taillight. no, the lenses generally, you know, um, British lenses really are quite good. Um, when they go a bit dull, you can get a bit of uh, metal polish on them, and you can bring them back. Oh, cool! Um, Japanese lenses, for some reason, they tend to lose their color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the pigments in Lucas lenses one of the very few things good that Lucas did. <laughs> yes. They put extra cancer in those <laughs> yeah, lenses. Exactly. That's why. That's... Um, 
but um, no, the red in them, they they hold their colour pretty well. So I got cool. a bit of metal polish on the lenses, and they came up really well. Yeah, because I saw you tapping the shit out of it with a hammer. I was like, Jesus, what are you what are you doing? Be careful, please. <laughs> don't break anything. I figured out you know what the fuck you're doing. I'm just gonna walk away. So, well, it, you know, it's back to that same thing. It's dissimilar metals. Yeah, you have mild steel screws. Oh fuck yeah, that's right. Yeah 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 yeah. Going into bare aluminium, mm-hmm. holding on an anodized um, steel bracket. So you've yeah. got three different types of metals, and it doesn't take much for everything to go. Yeah. I'm not moving. A little bit of a electrolyte air quotes, and now you've got a battery. Exactly. <laughs> so so. Um, you know, generally I find that um, hitting stuff with a hammer and swearing at it with a very nice English accent to say, "Now look, I'd really like you to move, you <laughs> bastard," and then just whacking it. And um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me, except for I do it American. Yeah, yeah there you, there you go. go. I got an American. American. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it all came apart, cleaned it up, and. Um, the new army guy Brian, I oh, gave yeah. uh, I gave him the steel piece and I said, "Get to it with a wire wheel." And he did. He did. He went to town. Uh, I, no. Yeah. Well, he's in the army. You see, they're like structure. <laughs> yeah. You know, I gave him a direct order. He did a really good job on it, and he did an absolutely first class job on it. He was so wearing thr- safety lenses, safety glasses. I, I was like, "All right, dude, I No, I yeah. told him to. Yeah. I gave him an order. Yeah. yeah. You can't damage government property like that. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, I think especially why he can't do the naked ride is because he's got. Government property. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think if he'd have come over here and would have damaged one of his eyes yeah, or any yeah. other part of his anatomy and yeah. sent him back, his CO would probably take a very dim view of it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's always smart when you're dealing with spinny shit to wear eye protection and try not to wear gloves too much. Hey, I wore, I, I wore eye protection yeah. to, to use the grinding wheel today. Yeah, good. good. I like my eyeballs. Yeah, I say that because I didn't. <laughs> I have glasses, so like I was just kind of like off to the side. Just don't look at it directly. It'll be okay. We have this fucking grinder with a frazzled disc. I'm like, oh, this is going to vibrate until like it starts, you know. You're doing the poor man's safety glass. Yeah. Squinting, right? oh, I was like, I was waiting for that thing to shatter and hit me. Oh, like, shit. The I had a cutoff yeah. wheel shatter. And Ooh. that is scary as hell. Because oh, yeah. debris just goes whoosh, whoosh, past your ear. Yeah. yeah. God, I remember one yeah. time I was at the garage using one of the grinders we had here. I wasn't wearing any protection or anything. <laughs> and then suddenly it stopped running. I look at it and it's like, oh, shit, this thing just shattered. And I wasn't wearing any in the eye protection is like oh fuck mm. that could have gone into like my eyes or yep. something it's a thing it yep. is a thing so um, where are we so we did um, Gavin yep Henry yep Henry Tail Light yep did anybody else come and fix anything, or we just kind of sat around and ate Mexican food? And I mean, a couple other people show up, but that's the only people who fix yeah. anything. I yeah. changed I changed a few bolts on my bike. I took all the Phillips off and put cool. Allen heads. Oh, mm-hmm. smart. That's that's yeah. about it. Totally. I hate Phillips. There's there was four Phillips and two flatheads. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck these. They're going. I'm gonna figure out something <laughs> Allen to put on here. Your flatheads on a on a motor vehicle, not a fun time. <laughs> Neither know. one of them Super. should belong on a fucking machine. No. <laughs> well, you know, I mean. Phillips are okay as long as you have the jizz. You got the jizz screw. As long yeah, as you, you got the, the jizz screw mm-hmm. Yeah. To, um, um, yeah. Everybody wrote in today? Who, who wrote in today? I wrote in today. You wrote in? Uh, I, I got wrote right in. It wasn't too I had bad. To From take San Jose. My, hmm? had to take my truck to get the heavy-ass engine over here. Yeah, that's smart. I think the ST would haul that block. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I was actually thinking about it, like getting some ratchet straps on it. Yeah, but, but in yeah. The end, I, decided against, I decided against it. Just not yeah. worth the effort. It's mm-hmm. like a wheelie potential, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Oh, do you know what's happening next Saturday? Hmm. 
You do, don't you? Know? I do. We'll get to that. There's going to be a bunch of stripping. Oh, we're, not, we're not doing news yet? No, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, Z, you had a story to tell? Oh, yes. Something. Let's do that. That yeah. is yes. interesting. So, yeah, set, this up, uh, set us up here. Okay, so I brought in a photo today that has a story behind it. Mm-hmm. I recently laminated it, so now it's roadworthy to keep going with me. But So this photo, what happened is it's a uh, photo stamped from Foxco Printing Company in 1944. It's an old guy in a rocking chair on a porch. And it says on the back, it's handwritten in dad. So I got this photo. I was in Joshua Tree National Park in Southern California. I was parked at Barker Dam. And I was on my Honda CB500X. And I you know, I was loaded down for the road. I had the stuff on the back. And I'd gone and I you know, took my photos at Barker Dam, did the mile hike. And I come back out. And this photo was under my, the bungee cord that keeps my sheepskin down. It was purposely placed. It was not like on the ground or anything near my bike. It was purposely placed on my motorcycle. I take it off. I look at it. I flip it over. And I'm like, what is this? And I go and I look at other cars. I'm making sure that like there's no photos underneath the, it's like the windshield. like a parking ticket. <laughs> I know, right? I was like making sure that maybe someone was passing out old photos and putting them under people's car windshield wipers or something. But <laughs> this was the only photo. So I decided that I really like it. And I think maybe the best idea that everyone comes up with is that someone saw my motorcycle and wanted their dad to have one last adventure so now i carry it with me um it's been to the philippines with me and uh, it's going to south america with me but it's a really cool photo it's like black and white uh it looks like a southern i'd call it why call it a southern porch it's got um Oh, it's a really large porch. What did they call those? Oh, those wraparound porches. This. No, yeah. it's, it's called a veranda. Yeah, yeah there you um, go. Mm-hmm. Got some plants in the window. But it's a really a awesome photo. That, you know, yeah, this is this is a cool old cat. I'd sitting. love to know more about it, though. Like, I actually did try to figure out. The Fox Hill Company got bought out in, like, the 60s. It, uh, Kodak eventually ended up owning them at the end. Uh, I'd love to get it out and figure out who this is. Like, it'd be nice to know who it is, at least. You know well, you name. know, of course, he'd be long gone. Because if that photograph is from... 1944 with an old guy in a porch. Well, I, I would say, I mean... I, His I, son is probably that age, if he's I was, alive. I was looking closely at him. I don't think he's an old guy, but he's probably in his 40s. At least, yeah. That's a hard-ass 40 years, man. Well, this is, yeah, this life was, was the, hard back after then. after the Depression. That's, yeah. that's true, yes. Yeah, so... You know. I took a microscope to it. I tried to read the print on the... Uh, there's a stamp on the back. I was hoping maybe it was, like, numbered or something. Yeah. Some type of identification, but nothing... Nothing to identify. There's no house numbers, but it's a really awesome photo. It's a cool photo. I wonder. Yeah. Should put that I hope nobody's playing a joke on you, and this is just like a stock photo or something. You know, like you find <laughs> in the picture frames. I don't. But this think is a cool photo. Not, I don't think so. It's, no, that's yeah. a legit stamp. That's yeah. a legit handwriting. Yeah. You know, biking brings out. You know, we all know the standard reaction you get from people is, oh, I had one of them when I was younger. Yeah. Or the other one. Those things are death traps. You know, it's a donut <laughs> right. cycle. Either Perfect. nostalgia or you're going to die. But yeah. oftentimes it's the more subtle reactions are the ones I relish. I, I vividly remember a couple of years back, and I think I've told this story before on Misfits, so please forgive me for repeating myself. But we were riding to Babes Ride Out, and I was on... Um, I was on my old PC-800 Moby, mm. and there was a group of about wheel. two or three of us, and we just loaded to the gills, so it's obvious we're going somewhere. And we just pick up interstate, I want to say it's 110 in San Bernardino, 
and we as we pull onto the freeway we pull alongside this minivan with this family in it and the woman who's the woman who's just driving looks over and sees these bikes riding alongside you could just see this look of jealousy on her face that she's stuck in this minivan with these <laughs> horrible children and there's these women alongside her riding motorcycles to somewhere see every time someone looks at this photo they, they take it real close to their face and look for details because it's got it's an interesting photo it's a very interesting photo but everyone does this and they just start bringing it closer to their face and they look at it really close mm-hmm. yeah have you shared well, that on cool. social media probably, to see if anybody recognizes it i did and I actually when i was given this photo when i found the photo i posted it on facebook and everyone thought it was really cool i normally keep it in my passport yeah that's cool oh uh, you know we, i don't get to carry like, heavy things on we the should road, we so. should post it on the uh yeah that's why i took the photo oh there you go so we're gonna <laughs> yeah. post it um, um but it's a neat story i mean you know it's just one last ride for dad yeah, yeah. he's gonna well he's about to be on a grand adventure going south kind of like your good luck charm you gotta have that with you too because I, I got <laughs> i'm not superstitious but i do uh, keep a couple things with me that people have given me if i carried anything yeah. for good luck charm it's probably my 1934 ten dollar bill there you go yeah i just saw that thing it is Right. That's before it said God we trust the old school bills, yep. right? Oh, dude, it's a well, it's a Confederate note, I think. Oh no, uh, shit! No, no, no. no. is it really no? It says Confederates uh, later. It's a. a uh, what do you weird. call it? Yeah, it's got different different things that they called the money back then. Yeah, yeah. But it looks looks very similar. Just you know. So the story on this one is that I was a teenager working at a place called Brahms. It's like a steak and shake. And this guy, old guy, came in every day, and he'd either get like a small strawberry shake and fry or a chili. And one day he comes in with a wad of these things and pays with it. And I ended up, he only gave me one. And I gave, I put 10 bucks in the register and kept it. But it says... Um, this is from a bank job he Federal did Reserve 49. Note. There we go. Federal Reserve Note. Wow, that's mm-hmm. crispy and clean. Yeah, it's in really good condition. It's uh, 1934. This note is, I mean, it has all kinds of weird things. like Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if you look at that thing, knock. you know, the paper's different, the color is yeah. different, the colors are a lot darker different. and brighter. See, it was, it's it was obviously something folded from when the I past. got it. Well, I always like to make the story that maybe he was a bank robber, and since he's an old guy now, that he's nothing left to lose to go ahead and spend the money that he, you know, robbed illegally. Because <laughs> like a, a ten dollar bill in nineteen thirty four is a fuck ton of money. Yeah. That, was a, that was a lot of money. So to, and he had a wad of them. Be like a hundred bucks today. Probably more. Oh, good yeah. lord! Yeah, you you know what? In thirty four, if you had a ten dollar bill in your pocket, that's you were doing good. Okay. Yeah, you, you could would, probably make this on a, like a regular inkjet printer these days. <laughs> probably. Of course, if they're faked, you know this would yeah. be the best year to fake. Yeah, right. But I I I think personally that that guy found like his his grandfather's stash of money that he'd hoarded during the Great Depression or something, <laughs> and was like you know spending it slowly over so, time. Here's the question: Is that still legal tender? Oh yes. Yep. Absolutely. Because yep. It, it, there's a great. Um, I remember seeing a movie many, many years ago in Britain, and I'm sure some of our English listeners will remind me of what it's called. $187. It's um, a story of a guy robs a bank, buries the stash, and then comes back after he's done like 30 years inside, digs up you know hundreds of thousands of of pounds yeah mm-hmm. but the banknotes have changed 
Um, oh. And so it's no longer legal tender. Uh-huh. Hmm. The, the unfortunate thing is, is that the bank ever, if the bank ever got a hold of this, they would destroy it. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, if you cashed it in, yeah, they'd destroy it as old money. And if the bank, someone oh, at the bank didn't. Bureaucrats, they've just got no soul. So I guess, I guess my bucket of glass marbles is completely <laughs> zero value when I went to a bank. And I said, oh, And uh, yeah, I think, unfortunately, beads and wampum is out as well. But your old beaver pelts that I can trade in. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, but yeah. that's, still, that's still legal tender in Cleveland, Ohio. Though, it right? is. Apparently, yeah. Well, beaver pelts? <laughs> yes. One gets you a Phil's shop. You know, specifically. Because <laughs> when I was in Phil's shop, he had this griso that I was very, very um, enamored with. Oh. Mm-hmm. I could pay for it in beaver pelts. You could. That's a lot of beaver pelts. Yeah. Well, it's a griso. Well, did, did so you know beaver pelts like, what, 20 bucks? I, maybe. I think, I I think if you have a good one, it's more expensive. But did you know that uh, cowboy hats have beaver in them? Really? The quality mm. of a cowboy hat is measured by how much beaver is in the, like, it's made from. Is this a okay. metaphorical thing or an actual beaver? Actual beaver. <laughs> no, no, it's we're not talking cannibals here. But yeah, uh, that's, that's a cowboy hat thing. Sounds okay. like from Oklahoma. Hat hmm. trivia. Mm. <laughs> hat trivia. And this is, this is absolutely true. Misfits top trivia. <laughs> Misfits top trivia. So, um, um, Lewis Carroll, Alice in Wonderland. Yes. One of the main characters was the Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. And hatters were quite frequently mad Indeed. because they use mercury in the construction of hats and if you mm. work with mercury regularly it's going to send you absolutely gaga mm-hmm. yep so there's a misfits top is, it, is this if, a fun crazy like it makes you fun no makes no you, like, it makes you like murder your neighbors in their beds in the middle of the night crazy I, oh, you okay, don't want to mess around with mercury i, I could be wrong about this Not i think anymore. one of the ways they treated syphilis was through with mercury oh yeah in the old oh, they, days wow that's they, a, they like a great combination and you still you still had syphilis but you were so mad you didn't care about <laughs> yeah, mercury was one of these things that was prescribed as like some sort of elixir cure-all back right. in the day, and all sorts of patent medicines had it and made people like. So you just give them a problem that's worse than their current the problems, and then they're not bothered with the current. I remember exactly. my dad and grandma telling me that back in the day at the dentist's office, they give the kids like liquid mercury to play with oh. as they're in the waiting room. Oh, the amalgam for your teeth. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I remember you know buying mercury sticks to vacuum carburetors, and you know. The first thing we do wow. to synchronize carbs, the first thing we do is cut the bottoms of the tubes off and get the mercury out and then play with it on the workbench. <laughs> it's like, gee, T-1000, man. <laughs> <laughs> so That's a Terminator reference. Have you seen this boy? Have you? <laughs> Say, that's a nice bike. <laughs> I got rid of a motorcycle in the movie. All right, emails? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the most abrupt transition to- ever. <laughs> Sorry, Liza. Yeah, no, we're not very smooth. Actually, the house is not on fire, so I think we're doing pretty good. I think we're doing okay. No, the workshop, is, you got to make sure the workshop is not on fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll oh, shit. That. yeah that's true. So, FYI, Liza, there is a Gucci motor in the fucking side room. <laughs> no, actually, oh. there is a Gucci motor in your bed, Liza. <laughs> It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's attached to that thing, you know, what we're no, talking about. There's no, no room in the shop, you know. Oh, Talk about fire, though. So I bought no. myself a hoodie for my birthday. A water-resistant hoodie is like 50 bucks. A fire-retardant mm-hmm. hoodie, which is also water-resistant, is $250. Ooh, Carhartt cool. has one. Oh, I'm like, that's actually pretty cool. I've set myself on fire before, so like, eh, I would probably benefit from having fire retardant clothes but yeah, yeah for welding 250 dollar hoodie is a lot cooler than a fucking like apron it was oh yeah, yeah. Hoodie. Mm-hmm. totally all right so we got uh who wants to read their emails I'll first, go first. Per- okay go for it that's not that long all right all right this is uh from yelena 
Yelena? Sophia. Hmm. Mm-hmm. She says, I was sitting next to a big sycamore tree. Oh, that one. Wearing a Rick from Rick and Morty costume during the third annual Lucky Wheels Halloween campout in Ojai, and a man walked up to me and said, have you heard of the Motorcycles and Mifits podcast? Who were they? <laughs> it was odd that we'd never Must spoken be before, and that conversation was the bi- the basis of our entire meeting beginning to end. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Someone just totally came up to this chick and was like, have you heard of this podcast? Like, that's, that's a great way to... That's the interesting pickup line. I'm going to try it I was going to say, <laughs> we've become work. a yeah. pickup line. How cool is that? Maybe that's Drinks what I'm doing her face. She says, I like your podcast a lot, especially the history bits. I love learning about Tracy Ferris and the history behind the story. Very moving. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Poor old Tracy. She's mm. got two questions. It sounds like you take used motorcycle gear. What all do you accept? And yes. Anything. <laughs> anything and everything. Yeah, as long as go. it's usable. Yeah. I might have a few things to contribute. Also, do you ever have guests on the show? Yes. 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 <laughs> Too no. many. So right on out here and we'll make you our guest. <laughs> <laughs> she says, I'm fairly quiet in the motorcycle community, but I recently took a trip to Japan and wrote an article for Motorcyclist about the weird and wonderful spot of auto race. Oh, oh I, that's so cool. Yeah. I'd love that to hear, is cool. I'd love to share the story with more people, among other things. Friend of the Bay Area, Yelena. Yelena, thank you. Yeah, so a couple of things. Just a website. Gear, cool. of course we take What's gear. What's Because, I mean, uh, um, Wait, sorry. It's, it's her name, dot .com. Okay. Yeah. Yelena so, Sophia. She's an art director. Yelena cool. Sophia. Yeah, um, com. Sorry, Emma, what was that? So, yeah, as far as gear goes, if it's something that's still got some life left in it, of course we want it. And I, I, we appreciate that because I showed up wet today. My yeah. boots are soaked, so I have a pair of boots from, right. the, from exactly. the garage that I'll be riding back in. And nice. anybody who's got anything to say, hey, if you want to be a guest on the show, you know what you got to do? Get in touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do talk to um, Liza. Talk to Liza. We do walk-in guests. We also, if you really can't um, get up here or down here, you know, we've done phone-in guests. I mean, yeah. the yeah. most famous one I remember, of course, is that wonderful interview with Elspeth Beard. Oh, yes. That yeah. she conducted entirely from her bed. Yes. Well, it was like one in the morning, too, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, um yeah, please, if you've got something to say about that auto racing. Did anybody see that video that was doing the rounds on the interweb oh. a while back of the sport bike, the supermoto? Yeah. yeah, the R1s versus the supermoto. And, the and then the, the, guy on the, the guy on the auto race bike. just looks like bike. a gorilla with all the gear he's wearing. Yeah. yeah. The asymmetrical and, handlebars. And he's got the asymmetrical yeah, handlebars, and he just cool. spanks everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell he was kind of holding this. out till the last minute, you know, like just mm-hmm. giving the but crowd you know, a show. Um, they bet big time on that isn't it i mean there's thousands and thousands of dollars worth of bets that go on to those racing humans yeah. love gambling if Asians there's anything like that you can gamble especially. you put two beetles right. somewhere people are betting on the beetles right <laughs> but this is this is something very very peculiar to japan i mean these are specialized bikes you know i suppose it's closest relative here is horse racing yeah. in terms of oh, the way the course is set up i was thinking mm-hmm. speedway but one in Britain, I guess. Yeah, but the there's, no real, thing. there's no real betting on Speedway. I mean, not this that we is, know of, do we? Yeah, do they, do they yeah but I mean, they, I don't know. Is that true? This whole thing is set up as a gambling thing. Oh, okay. Mm. It's it's okay. its whole basis is it's like horse yeah. racing without oh. gambling. Motorcycles without gambling, horse racing wouldn't exist. Right? right. And so, without gambling, this wouldn't exist. Hmm. Um, and I suppose that's how it differs from Speedway. Yeah, I'm sure people bet on Speedway. You know, it was. Yeah. Uh, was that the, w- why it's functioning? Hey, what are the bikes they use in auto racing? They look like 
old uh, British twins. Most I, of I them. think they tell you what it is if you watch the YouTube. I video, think it's okay. a, it's, it's a Honda. It's custom made specifically for auto racing. Okay, mm. but it's a very very it's a very tall twin, and they've got these crazy like twenty one inch front and rear wheels, tiny yeah. tiny no, wheels. Are, mm-hmm. are these old bikes or, or no? Bikes? They're brand new. Really? Okay. But they're made. They look extremely old. Because there are, there are a couple of, of old racing bikes in the um, uh, the Talbot Museum. Yeah. Uh, that were sort of, I, I think they were Japanese. Right. But I'm not positive. But they were older, and they, they did have some sort of odd asymmetrical uh, properties to them. I don't know if it's the same thing, though. Right. It might be a different type of racing so, bike. So, yeah, I'm calling this up on my phone, and it is wild. It's, it's, it's definitely a motorcycle, but... It's a cool looking thing, and this is what they do. Wow! Yeah, mm-hmm. so they're, yeah. They're like you see the sideways. see the guys like left boot too, which is like this big old reinforced piece of metal. Yeah, it's like a hot shoe. Yeah, mm. wow. but it, the bikes don't go sideways. It's yeah. just that you lean them over, mm-hmm. and you don't put it sideways like you would on dirt track or speedway. Mm-hmm. You just lean it over to just crazy angles. I don't think they lean it over quite as much as on ice speedway. Hmm. Um, where the handlebars pretty much in contact but are with they, the ground. Are they actually drifting the rear tire though? No, no, no. It's all about leaning. But the That's but your cool. foot is out. You know, it looks like, like they're sitting. Like the photo that I'm looking at, it looks like they're just. It, the it, motorcycle is laying down surreal. and they're sitting on the side. It's yeah. pretty surreal, right? Yeah. It looks like they're defying gravity. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. And, it's and crazy it, stuff. It, and they just don't slow down going around corners. It, <laughs> it's but these are, it looks like fun. These yeah. are custom-made bikes specifically for this. Yeah. And as far as I'm aware, and perhaps our guests can come on and tell us, yeah. the, the entire basis for the race program is just a gambling thing. Hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, Japanese have this obsession with gambling. Yeah. Well, um, it's, which is great. Yelena, Sophia, come on by and, let's, and tell let's us talk all about, about it. Man. it. Yeah, we would love oh, yeah. to hear about uh, it. Cultural says, exchange would be interesting. Yeah, she says friend of the Bay Area. She may be around She's here. local. Cool. Very oh, cool. Ohio yeah, is down by. south, though. Yes, yes, yes. But she may come up here to visit. That's true. Who's next? Uh, I can go next. All right, then, Bagel. I have an email. This is from uh, Steve McLaughlin. And Steve says... Steve! (laughs) He says, hi, Misfits. Hello, Steve! (laughs) Just just wanted to say thanks for the IMS ticket I won. Yeah. And send you some local-made snacks. Um, Ooh! Was that the pretzels? Yes. Oh, that's the pretzels. Oh, those things were nom, 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 The crack pretzels. Oh, and the... Yeah, they were crack Was that also the, uh, the caramel popcorn? Maybe. Is it the same person? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I d- yeah. That didn't last long enough for me to even try. Yeah. You ate half of the bag. I did not eat any <laughs> of the bag. Okay, when I got here, you were holding the bag and it was half empty. So I blamed you for it. No, Accu- I'm accusations. Such accusations. <laughs> it was really good. Anyway, too. Steve, so, the snacks went down extremely yes, well. Thank you. Except I couldn't, I couldn't send more because I was on a low carb diet, but that's okay. And Steve says, if I recall correctly, I guessed the color of Bagel's beard. It was a guess. <laughs> I don't know who Bagel even is. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, good guess. This is the perfect Perfect. email for you, Bagel. Yes. And for those who don't know, my beard is ginger or was until I turned it into a goatee. I would, I would, I would. You turned it into a goatee. You're pretty hot right now, dude. Thanks. I'm just saying. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I'm peeing your butt. (laughs) Get your number later. (laughs) Okay. If you two want to exchange telephone numbers, we have a really great. We have a really great book out in the garage about gay sex, and it's got these drawings. I don't even know where it came. 
moving Why? around, but it's, it's traumatizing. How that works. Why not? Are you saying you want to adjust my valves? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, God. Okay, adjust back. your poppet valves. Uh, <laughs> uh, that Sorry. Okay, back to the email. Just frigging poop shoot. So, Steve says, anyhow, thanks for the ticket. It gives me a reason to hitch up the dog sled and get out of town for a while. There you go. I live in a frosty hellhole <laughs> called Prairie, North, North Dakota. Ooh. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the other Dakota. sound like a frosty hellhole. Nasty business. Um, says, so it's a North and South Dakota, not yes. an East and West Dakota? Yeah. No, it's North and South. It's North and oh. South. They're, they're oriented that way. Um, and he says, uh, here's some local news. Last night, we cut an apple in half and watched it freeze. <laughs> wow. Wow. The entertainment. Yeah. North Dakota is the entertainment capital of the world. Wow. Yeah. I, 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 just, wow. I just need to see this, apparently. A, drive, a drive-by shooting was averted when the perpetrator's tractor would not start. <laughs> the, wow. the, local, the local naked ride ended up with some nasty frostbite. One rider was sent to a hospital with a bad case of Polaroids. <laughs> <laughs> Was there photographic evidence of this? I uh, ah. did not include it. It did not include it. Ah. Thank Christ. I will take his word. Well, North Dakota has a, a very Polaroids. successful mountain removal program. It's flat as fuck there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, he says, anyhow, about me, I'm old enough to remember looking at a new Norton at, at a new Norton Commandos and Suzuki's rotary at the dealerships. Ooh, very good. Yeah. Whoa. Right now, I have a 2003 Harley FLH that I bought new. Nice. A, a Honda TL 125 in the house to work on during really cold nights. A 59 BSA C15. It was cheap. Wow, he's all over the place. A Kawasaki LTD 454 bobber project just for hmm. fun. A blobber. Yeah. And my my up-the-butt bike would be my dad's Zundop 600cc German Army motorcycle. Oh. Mm. I remember playing on it as a kid, and I, and I guess it was the reason I love motorcycles now. It had a hand shift and a cool boxer <laughs> engine. Dad had it on blocks in the garage, which is a good way to keep me from wrecking it. <laughs> Sometime about 1977, Dad asked me if I wanted it. Foolishly, I said no. I was, oh. I was into dirt bikes by then, and the Zundop seemed like such a huge bike to me, so so he sold it. Oh. I would sure like to find that bike now. The co-op garage you have reminds me of, of Dad. He was in the Army for 31 years and three wars. Damn. And he also made time to work at the craft shop garages that the Army provided for the troops to fix up their own vehicles. Nice. He would help soldiers with their projects and also make some money on the side repairing automatic transmissions. I would like to ask Miss Emma a question, please. Yes, darling. What do you think of the Moto Guzzi Norge? Ooh, I, I, Norge. I, Norge. I like them and might buy one. However, I have read about gas tank problems with them. Does this apply to a late model Norge? No. Thanks for the great podcast, Stan McLaughlin. Okay. Um, if you buy a Moto Guzzi, you can call it a Norge, you can call it a Norge. The gas <laughs> tank's going to be the least of your problems. <laughs> um, I love Guzzi's. Henry loves Guzzi's. They are wonderful, visceral bikes. Um, and the Norge is one of my favorites. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Just remember, it is an Italian bike, which means the finish is laughable. Um, mm -hmm. The electrics are gruesome. <laughs> they actually have very good fuel injections on them. That, that Magneti Morelli fuel injection, once you get it set, it took me ages to get mine set up mm -hmm. once i got it set up it's great hmm. um buy it I, I absolutely guarantee and i think you'll agree with me on this henry 
no bike you've owned before or since will give you as much satisfaction. Yeah. No bike you've owned before it's or since will give you as much frustration and consternation. <laughs> well, the thing, yeah, the thing that's nice about the Norge is that it's when Motoguzi went to the Kark system for their swing arms. So instead of having an exposed shaft like on my, like on my bike uh, V11, it's all it's an all enclosed system like on an ST or a BMW. Right. So it's much more reliable. Um, I would recommend because there's two versions of the Norse. There's the old two valve, and then there's the four valve. Uh, I would recommend going for the four valve. I tested it. Yeah, it's a substantially more modern bike. It has a has a lot more power. Uh, It was actually quicker. I noticed it was quicker than my bike substantially. But the thing to remember about the eight valve Motoguzis, especially early on, is they had flat tappet issues. Right. Where they would where it would just get rid it would just obliterate the valve train yeah it destroys the cams it's so choose carefully um check your pets part supply in your neck of the woods yeah um which is which is critical because it's, it's all very well saying okay well i don't need a part supplier uh local parts supplier because i can get my parts online sooner or later you're going to have to plug that bike into a laptop and get the codes out of it Mm. um and if you haven't got a dealer for 500 miles that Mm -hmm. is a chore i mean in the bay i'm in the bay area there's maybe one or two people right well i don't i'm lucky because we're a piaggio dealer Mm-hmm. Um, I managed to bootleg the uh, Motoguzi program mm-hmm. out of my um, Piaggio reader. So I can read Motoguzis off the Piaggio, mm-hmm. my, basically a Vespa <coughs> reader. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can do my bike. I can't charge people to do theirs because I shouldn't have that program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, they're wonderful bikes. Norges are great are Oh, God, great they're bikes. fantastic they're, bikes. They're Motoguzis are really reliable once you get sort of the little odd ends sorted out. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's it, it, they've got their quirks. It's by far my favorite Italian bike. I think it's uh, also- I think Scott has a, an email. If we mm-hmm. move oh, on. Well, before we move on, though, I do want to uh, say one more thing about. Uh, so, Steve, buy it. Uh, sta- buy it, Steve. Yeah. Stan. Stan. Uh, Stan. Stan. Yeah. Oh. Um, so. Um, I'm sorry, if I said Steve, that's my bad. I think you said Steve. <laughs> you I, did. You said Steve. I, my bad. Steve, Steve, Sorry, Steve. sorry Stan. But uh, one more thing I did want to say Stan to Stan. the man. About the, uh, the Zindap. Um, if he hasn't, if you, have, if you haven't checked yet, uh, take a look to find out what Zindap clubs there are out there. Because I'm yeah. willing to bet that bike is still out there, still in someone's loving hands. And if you track down uh, some of the clubs around the country, you can probably find that bike. Um there used to be a, um, well, it's not around anymore, but there was a great uh, newsletter that this guy in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana put out for many years, which uh, actually helped me get my bike, my first scooter going way, way back when. It was called the Deutsches Motorradregister. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Gesundheit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, and it, it had all sorts of great stuff about even like obscure old <clears throat> German vintage bikes that don't exist anymore, like Horexes and Hercules and, That's and cool. all kinds of stuff. Mm. So, um, but I, I would be willing to bet that there there are still other newsletters out there and clubs that you could draw on and to try to track that bike down because there can't be that many of them around especially world war ii bikes yeah i tell you what i mean if he sold it in 77 i'm guessing that his dad 
probably brought it back from the Second World War with him. So oh, it had been a 30, over 30-year-old 30 bike then. <laughs> so you're not just going to chuck something like oh, that no. away. And no, if no. you buy it, you know you've got something valuable. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a damn good chance it'll still be around. And yeah. it might still be in North Dakota, too. It Very might. <laughs> good yeah. call, Bagel. Scott, yeah. what do you got? All right, I've got a message from a listener here. Mike Mitchum from Ohio. He says, fuck so. Is, so. is, is, is fuck his name no. definitely Mike? It's it not Stan or here. Steve. <laughs> we can call him Steve. <laughs> All right, Steve. Okay, Steve. So, uh, hey, all you miscreants and motosexuals. And cool. he starts out with a bitch session here. <clears throat> Up to no. this weekend, he's been riding, even in cold temps. And now it's hit uh, at the lowest 20 degrees. Oh, that's cold. Freezing his ass off. Nope. Yes. <clears throat> heated Literally. grips, heated gloves, and his Revit suit, and a balaclava, clava, whatever, and yada, yada <laughs> stuff. A clava to die. A baklava. Yeah, no, baklava. It's a, yeah, that's a Greek dessert, darling. Tasty. Made with honey. Balaclava. Nuts. It's hard to eat with a balaclava. On. Yes. <laughs> okay. So doing whatever he has to do is stay, stay warm. And in Ohio, and let's see, his mother may sure must have gotten in a fight with her sugar daddy because now apparently it's like colder than witches' tits there. Uh -oh. So anyway, <laughs> um, but I guess it's his choice. He says the weather changes more often than he changes his sheets. Sure. <laughs> more than we want to know. Blimey. <laughs> On bikes, he's got, and he included pictures here, a 2016 XSR 900 Yamaha. That is a very a good, bike. good bike. With some farkles on it, and I can show you the pics, Emma. And let's see. We had, um, 2016, we had one of the 60th anniversary ones in at the shop. With Pretty the, hot. With the Kenny Roberts. Oh, did you the oh, yellow the, one? Yes. The yellow oh, one's hot. Oh, God, that was a good-looking bike. Hey, sorry, go ahead. Well, apparently Liza said that it rides like a 2 by 4 He thinks it was Liza who oh, said that. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Crap I, that no, they on. ride extremely but well. But he, he enjoyed that. He enjoyed the line. Yeah, very good. And his other one, his project bike, is a 77 Suzy Q GS550. Oh, yeah. Good old hmm, GS550. 250 bucks. We saw one of those. No, it was a GS500, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. That 550's got four cylinders. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Really? You know, there's nothing really outstanding about a GS550. I mean, it's like 50 horsepower, just real flat power delivery, mm -hmm. nice handling. You know, there's nothing that makes you go, wow, but it is... This is what he wants to do to it. Such a charming bike. Yeah, that's a nice looking thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's cool. So he like wants a, to modify it out here. He says, call me a hipster if you want to. You're yeah, a, hip uh, four <laughs> you're a hipster, yeah. Mike. Call me a hipster. <laughs> four banger choppers are neat. I think they're yeah. kind of neat because it's like, it, we're in the era where it's still kind of weird to see them. You know yeah. What I mean? Well, so. they existed back in the 70s. People they were chopping up CB750. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. From day one. You know, um, if you if you pick up an old chopper magazine from the 60s, you know, from 69 onwards, you'd see, like, Paugho or Amen Saviour that do frames for all the Harleys, mm -hmm. for the Triumph Twins, and for the CB750s. So they've been around, but they've just never been as popular. Yep. Um, so, right on, Henry. Amen Saviour was a frame? Yep. And they were called Amen. Amen was the company, and the Saviour was... Uh, it had a sprung-back end. Hmm. <laughs> little, save your rear. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, Amen Saviors. Most of the old Harley guys, you know, there's a. I guarantee you right now there's a lot of old Harley guys who listen to a bar and go, oh, yeah, Amen Saviour. Yeah, <laughs> I rode one of them. Yep. Yep. We Scott. learned something new again. And he says his wife just learned how to ride this past season, and he gave oh, her well a done. old... Uh, 
Boulevard S40, very cool. Oh, yeah, oh, that's, that's a cool bike. It's a big bike. That's a cool Welcome bike. Boulevardier. Yeah. And he finishes up with some commendations here. Big thanks for the show. And he didn't know about the AMA until he heard it on this podcast. Thank you. Wow. So no shit. Yep. All right. Also part of the Cincinnati Cafe Racer Club. Oh, those guys. Part of. You know those guys. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good fake. But, yeah, I mean, you know, that's kind of a cool... Yeah, Cincinnati Cafe Racers. Questions. Nobody does. Well, let's see. A couple... He suggests we take a look at the... A couple links. Garage Brewed Motos Show. Rheingeist Brewery every year. That sounds like Wisconsin to me. I don't know. It could be Germany, though. Okay. And then another YouTube channel where he's uh, chronicling his bike build of that uh, that 77 GS. Cool. And he says his... What's his channel called? Oh, Does that have a name? BBC. It's just a link with my fledgling YouTube channel. It's a hyperlink that is not printed here. So Mm -hmm. okay, go back to the original and it's up the butt bike. Is a toss up between a Beamer R9T Scrambler, yes, and any custom bike from Maxwell Hazan. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Hazan. He recently did the. the KTM 990 Super Motard. He oh, that one. The one with it. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I, I prefer. No, custom, I, I actually know what you're talking. I yeah. prefer custom bikes by Maxwell House. A nice aroma. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> thank you, Mike. Wow, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, last email. <laughs> oh, would you uh, like me to read my email now? Do, oh, did That's you? the last one. Is that the last one? Okay, yeah, well, I let's go. Let's go with one more. Yes. Okay. Yep. Well, I have an email here from. Robert Reichenberg. Mm-hmm. What's up, Robert? Robert. Hi, Misfits. I discovered the podcast about a year ago and gradually got hooked. Oh, you got hooked gradually. Usually it's like on-off switch, darling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For me, listening to the Misfits is a bit like watching South Park. <laughs> <laughs> I always laugh my ass off and feel a twinge of guilt for it. Oh, don't feel I think the, darling. Uh, the hesitation, he's got to get over the gag reflex first. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually how that works. Hey, I like yes. the thought of being a guilty pleasure. Yes. Don't, don't feel it, darling. Be it. Be it. <laughs> Kudos to you all for your love of the sport and your enthusiasm for helping others, mm-hmm. especially new riders who generally need all the help they can get. And I mean, oh, yes. I agree with you. It's Look, when you were starting off in biking, one of the biggest hurdles that people have to overcome, it seems like a very close-knit clicky community and it can um, be and it, it can, can be, be. Mm-hmm. and if you encounter bikers on mass it can be quite intimidating you know when i was at jameson museum and i met all the misfits for the first time and there was a group of them <laughs> they you know misfits are quite intimidating well we're all such strong personalities we, right, we are exactly. the black sheep of all of all of the niches so we are weird so you know yeah, there's that very misfitting <laughs> i've always felt that the biggest service we offer to new people who come into this community just say welcome you know welcome welcome to the whole world of motorcycling mm-hmm. once you get welcomed into one motorcycle community it's like you're, you're oh, exactly. comfortable going well, into it, any of them now because you're legit then aren't you yeah and that, so, now you've got the legit um, badge being semi-retired after decades of working in motorcycle safety I really appreciate your ongoing focus on safe riding yeah well you know it'd be Scott nice, if, it'd be uh, nice is if smirking we... she doesn't appreciate that at all me well, and Scott are like polar opposites <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice if we practiced what we preached I mean I think every <laughs> single person in this room uh, has had yeah. a fairly major accident in the floor. Safe, safe yeah, Emma, is you're relative. like the film Jackass that where somebody's got to do it wrong so everybody else sees what happens when you right. do it wrong exactly 
do as I say, don't do as I do. I think you have had a by crash recently, have you, Scott? Bagel hasn't. Yeah, do, there you do it. Go. Now do I'm first. Do, do as I don't. Um, uh oh. So anyway, um, he knocked on wood. Continuing. I'm currently digging into the remains of a 1970 XS650. That'll be an XS2, I think. Hmm. Um, That's the heart donor for what I'm calling the Lazarus Project. My first bike, a 1960 Norton ES2, perished in a shop fire three years ago, and all that survived was some sheet metal and the wide-line feather bed, which is a frame. Call the feather bed frame because it, you know, supposedly give you a feather bed ride. Designed by a couple of very, very dynamic Irishmen called the McCandless Brothers. And they worked for Norton and they uh, were credited for designing this frame which lasted, gosh, really from the 40s right up until really the end of Norton production before mm. the commandos came in. The last Norton that had the feather bed frame was the Mercury, which I think... Hold on a second. Is this a frame that you bought aftermarket or nope. did it come... Okay. No, it come with a bike. So they designed the frame and Norton put it together. Yes, okay. exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, and the f- if you look at a feather bed, it looks all wrong because it's all curves. Mm-hmm. Does it flex then? I, well, it's... And it's not as it fatigue. We're, we're going to come to that. Okay. Mm. It's a very, very rigid frame. And Norton were a step up ahead of the game because they had a very good fork. They had these things called the road holder forks, which were light years ahead of anything Triumph or BSA were making at the time. Hmm. So they had a good fork. And the the feather beds, they came in two types. They came in a wide line and a slim line. And all they were with just the distance between the frame tubes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was double down tube frame. And the depending on what was going in, um, if I remember right, and I do stand to be corrected on this, I think a lot of the twins actually ended up with a slim line because they sat on top of the uh, frame tubes. And then the singles kind of sat between them, so they had the wide lines, but it might be the other way around. Anyhow, um, the one show inspired me to stop morning. Oh, this is uh, Robert again. The one show inspired me to stop mourning and start creating a motorcycle out of old Nort's carcass. I've been advised by several experts that if the fire did damage the frame, it's likely to crack and fail gradually, giving me some warning that Mm. all is not well. We'll talk about that. Mm. I'd appreciate Emma's opinion on this. She's a bit young. That is the first time anyone's called me young. (laughs) So I like this guy immediately. Um, But she really does seem to have her shit together. Ooh, mm-hmm. second compliment from you, Robert. Thank you, dear. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the frame does fail catastrophically, well, it's not like I haven't been in a fucking wreck before. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good, good attitude. I hope to meet you. Very some- optimistic. <laughs> I hope to meet you all someday. Keep on being misfits, and thanks for brightening my days. Yeah. Ooh, so, so um, I got a question. Metal first. fatigue. Real quick, um, the frames they're mild steel. They chrome molly. Are they some kind of special steel? All these chrome? things. Molly. I was about to say, they don't make chromoly frames back then. No. Yeah. Um, so, they're made out of tubing. Um, most of the tubing for frames back then was made by a company called Reynolds. Um, so they're made of aluminium? No. <laughs> no. So, 
A British frame from 1960, you'll have a couple of components. You'll have many components, in fact. You will have cast elements. Mm -hmm. And cast elements would be around the headstock, maybe around the swing arm pivot, Mm -hmm. maybe around suspension mounts. Mm -hmm. And then, if you imagine, there'd be a cast part, and on the casting, there'd be like a slug that comes off. Like a boss or something, a little mounting boss. And then the tube would slide over the boss and they'd be brazed together. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the whole thing would go in a furnace and then the master brazier, which was a very, very skilled job. I mean, this is a very, very well-paid job. He'd be feeding the brass and then his apprentice... And he'd just be a brazier's apprentice. That would be the actual job. He wouldn't be an apprentice at Norton Works. He would be a brazier's apprentice at Norton Works. Mm. He'd be throwing flux onto the joint to get this brass to flow into the joint. Mm-hmm. And then there'd be a little hole on the side. And then when the brass flowed out of that, then like, you knew that the entire joint was filled with brass. It'd come out of the furnace. And then, boom, there's your joint. Hmm. The problem. We're going back to this dissimilar metal thing. You've got a cast element, you've got a tubular element. If it's in a catastrophic fire, and, you know, I don't know how hot this fire got. If it got hot enough to melt the engine, which I suspect it did, Mm. because if all he's got left is a bit of tin and the frame, it got pretty friggin' hot. Yeah, it's over 900 degrees, right? You've changed the properties of all that metal. Um is it likely to fail catastrophically? Gosh, that's... Well, if, if that brazing's been weakened, though, I mean, that could be bad. Yeah. Because, like, your headstock comes apart out of the frame, I mean... Yeah, I mean... I wouldn't do it. Robert, I've got to be... I'm, I'm, well, I'm doubtful on this. I'm really... Because, I mean, you, you're putting, in like, a 65-horsepower engine in that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody ever got hurt because of advice that I gave them I really wouldn't forgive myself so I'm going to say no on this one I really I'm going to stick my neck out and say no yeah well here's a thought though are are there any companies that do restorations on old frames like this who who would be qualified to to take a a, a a look at it and see, you know, how... Well, you know, you, you want a metallurgist. Right, exactly. You, you actually need a metallurgist to actually do some x-rays right. on the frame and see if the, the properties of the cast elements... The tubing's going to be okay. Yeah. The tubing will be okay, but what I'm concerned about is the headstock and the swing arm mounts and the suspension mount. You know, the mm-hmm. cast elements of the frame. Usually more right. porous than the tubing. You know, when the engine... So. You know, it's, old British frames are amazing. If you mm-hmm. see the frame on that tr- of that trident I'm working on, it's an amazing thing. You know, there's a bit of cast iron here and there's a bit of tube here, and it's all like it's kind of cobbled together. Yeah. Um, but ugh. but 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 if out of those three metals, the the cast iron, the steel tubing, and the brass, and the brass, the brass is going to melt first, right? The brass is going to melt first. But my biggest concern is. If it's hot enough to melt an engine, and Mm -hmm. he hasn't said that, but he's implied it, Mm -hmm. 
That's pretty friggin' hot. I it mean, is. you're talking thousands of degrees. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think aluminum starts to melt around 940, something like that. Right, so let's say so it's 1,000 degrees. degrees. But that's that's even enough to change the metallurgical properties of steel. Because, oh, yeah. Because if the, steel, yes. if the steel's been, you know, been hardened at some point but all before... But all, all that's going to happen to steel is it's going to go soft. Right. And, and it'll be spaghetti-like. And, and that's okay, because it'll just be like sitting on spaghetti. Cast iron's odd stuff. Yeah. And if you heat it up to the stage where it goes a little bit more crystalline and brittle, mm -hmm. dude, and one of those bosses breaks off, oh. and it would break, huh? Oh, yeah. it wouldn't, wouldn't bend like a big, you know, hit a big pothole or something, I, and it could shatter. I've it. never seen Ooh. cast iron bend. Yep, me neither. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. don't like crack. ductile iron versus non-ductile, right? Yeah, At that point. exactly. Mm. Um, but, so, short answer is probably not. But but, it, but I don't want to shoot down. You know, this is his dream. Yeah, you could always just uh, rebuild the frame, make a, make and a look at it, duplicate it. You know, replica. Is there anybody know. that makes like brand new frames? Yeah, I mean, truthfully, you can. I mean, yeah, the biggest the biggest problem with old bikes, and it doesn't matter whether it's Japanese, Italian, English, or whatever. If you've got let's let's say you're riding down the road on your 1968 BSA and you wreck it. So this is what model is this? Is uh, what, what was he working on? An ES2, um, 1960 ES2, which is a yeah. 500 single. 1960 ES2. Okay. Um, if you're riding down the road, say on your 1968 <coughs> BSA Lightning, and some idiot in a Ford Taurus pulls out in front of you and you T-bone him, and you knacker the frame. Mm -hmm. So off you go onto eBay. And you do a eBay search on a 1968 BSA frame, and there's 10. Every single one of those frames is at least 50 years old, mm -hmm. and you don't know what the history's been. Mm -hmm. Might have been in a garage fire. It might have been at the bottom of Aunt Mabel's pond for the last 20 <laughs> years, and somebody <laughs> pulls it out and scrapes the rust off and puts it on eBay. You don't know the history. So it is quite a crapshoot. Um okay. It's yeah. cool looking bike, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at frames, but I'm seeing like Triumph uh, and and uh, uh, Victor frames for hundred. No, I mean, bucks, if, but it's yeah. You know, I mean, if you just here. no, um, just um, just Google uh, Norton Wideline Featherbed okay. frame. All right, and do a Google search on that. But even then, if you buy a frame, you don't know the history of that frame. You know, it might have. It might have had an equally uh, traumatic history as uh, as Robert's frame. Mm -hmm. You know, it's my job to be cautious. It really mm -hmm. is, and I mean, I've never deviated from that. Um, I've I've always maintained, you know, if if anybody ever got hurt on a bike I worked on, or if anybody ever got hurt because of advice I gave them. I mean, it'd really be a very, very hard pill for me to swallow. So in a lot of ways, I'm a lot more cautious with other people's stuff than I am with my own. Um, but God, that sounds like a catastrophic fire. You know, they had a big fire at um, the, well, there were two big fires. They had a massive fire at the Triumph factory, I think in 2008. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I found it? someone on eBay that makes them. Hmm. Oh, there you go. Well, Two thousand two hundred bucks only. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, that's that's a featherbed frame. It's a chromoly tubing USA, and it's in Florida. There you go. Good. Um, wow. Florida man makes Leesburg, a frame. Florida. <laughs> but um, there was a giant f fire at the Triumph factory in two thousand eight. I want to say, and all the frames I had to just chuck away. Yeah. 
they just chucked them away yeah anything that had been in the fire you can't just you know re-coat them yeah um but then again i'm sure they got insurance payout for all that oh yeah absolutely however now the the nec at the uh, uh, National Motorcycle Museum, <laughs> they also had an extremely destructive fire, I want to say, about five years ago. Hmm. A so lot of the frames they restored. Reason being, well, there's two reasons. One, because they carry the original frame numbers of the mm-hmm. bikes. But secondly, which is more important, all the bikes at the National Motorcycle Museum run... However, they're not in regular use. Yeah. Right. And they're never going to be in regular use because it's a museum. They're there to exhibit what the bikes were. So in terms of durability, you can take a few liberties. Yeah. So at most, they might be taken out for a parade or a car, you know, show or something like that. If the, you've got a priceless Triumph Quadrant. Mm-hmm basically a four-cylinder trident Hmm. you're not going to be running it down the m1 at 125 miles an hour anymore you know it might get started up and ridden in a parade it's not going to be ridden in anger and it's certainly not going to be ridden for any distance so i think the quadrant actually escaped but some of the rob north tridents which got burnt up terribly Mm -hmm. um they're not they're never going to see a racetrack again Yeah. yeah so you can actually restore the frame without worrying that it's going to break. So that's my answer to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Rob. It is what it is. It is what it is. Safe, safety first and all that good not. Do yeah. we have anything else today? Uh, No, that's it. We're just going to do no, announcements. Yeah, I mean, no, I think... We're just I wrapping th- up here, so putting the brakes on this thing. Uh, Naked Riders, this Saturday. It is indeed. Vampires yeah. mm-hmm. will be hosting the Santa Cruz Vampires Naked Ride. Come uh, to Santa Cruz and get naked. I believe it's right. at 7 o'clock, and where's everyone meeting? Something like that. Uh, here. Here, we should be announced uh, on our webpage. Okay. Uh, but we usually start out here and... Uh, get naked here and ride around town for a little bit and end so, up at a hot tub spot so yeah basically the program is it's quite a it's quite a short ride yeah um, it's not even polar gonna be bear that run old. yeah it's a polar bear run um we all ride into recycle garage wearing normal motorcycle clothing we take <laughs> all our clothes off except for boots and a helmet see i wanted to ride barefoot but i have a kickstart motorcycle yeah, and if it no, decides to die or something well wear your crocs darling I wish I had those. I can kick. St- I was up in Oregon and actually kicked my DR350 with Crocs. Oh okay, God. I can do it. Well done. It's, you. On, it's on my resume of motorcycle skills. Okay, very good. And then you know we do about like a 15, 20 minute ride around downtown Santa Cruz and scare some children. Traumatize <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. Okay. Yep. Just to clarify, when you're on the bike. You can't act lewd and shitty you because don't, you'll you, get shit can and it'll be a bad right. time for everybody. It's just to be naked, not to be perverted. Just yeah. show up, ride naked, and you'll mm-hmm. be fine. The the key is not to draw attention to oneself. So it's <laughs> right. No standing on the pegs, waving your junk at people. <laughs> no excessive revving the engine. No, or t- no lifting your leg. No, you know, or just a regular, you know, ride in Santa Cruz without yeah. your clothes on on a motorcycle. Pretty exactly, much. like you do. And we yeah. do a fifteen minute ride. Um, and then there's this great spa mm-hmm. right downtown Santa Cruz. It's got these giant communal hot tubs. 
So usually, you know, <laughs> do yeah, you you yeah. get your get your core temperature back up in uh, in the old hot tub yeah. and then ride home. It's a very very good scene. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. stick around for the paddling if you want. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I don't know. So what other, what other announcements my, do we have? That's my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other announcement we have is, uh, I think in February, February 2nd, we're doing the Ride to Eat. Uh, Liza's hosting a ride mm-hmm. where we just go up and down the coast and uh, eat food and do little stop-offs. I don't know if she's got any of the places outlined or not. She does. She, she's she got all the restaurants She's got a com- right. complete thing. Um, it's posted? Okay, cool. Yeah, it's, it's got an event and everything. Um, so, yeah. It's a seven-course ride. I will be do. I'll be doing the ride with y'all, but probably okay. not eating. Okay. Because my waistline is getting rather. I'm hard. thinking about it because my birthday is three days after, and oh, there you go. May, may do that for my birthday meal. Okay. And then the following week. Oh! Oh! oh yeah! We're flying out Yeah! Yeah! We're taking a road trip. We yep. are. We're, well, more right. importantly, we're taking a flight trip. Is that yes. Oregon? That's right. That's we're going to, to one the show. Uh, one show in Portland, Oregon. Misfits on Mass. If you are in the Portland, stop rattling that thing, will you? <laughs> <laughs> for God's sakes! It, it's the new Jim and Liza. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you are in the Portland area yeah. or anywhere in Oregon. Yeah, come, come and see us at the one show. Yeah, um, there is going to be myself, Miss Emma, Knock, Bagel, mm-hmm. award-winning Mike, yeah. and Liza and Jim. I mean, it is. Go- is there anybody else? The I think that's crew. it. It's just regular crew, man. Six of us, right? Which means there's yeah. no podcast this week. So it is going to be a shit show. Um, come and say hi. Yeah, get your picture took with us. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll mention you on the show. Yeah, we'll probably have recording equipment in there, and we'll probably yeah, run around we'll do, do interviews. Some, yeah, we'll and say do hi some if interviews. You want to, so that'll be cool. You know, to slap it, something together. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a good show. Yeah, but that's it. That's all we got tonight. I think so. We managed to pull an hour and a half out of our ass pretty easily tonight. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we can make it go longer, but yeah, let's not. Everyone wants to get, get home early today. I gotta edit this shit, and I forgot how to work the computer. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't envy you. Yeah. All right. Well, um, should we get out of here? I think we should get out of here. Right. Thank you all for listening and yeah. wasting ninety minutes of your time. <laughs> yep. Hopefully, your commute will be uh, a little bit more entertaining. And uh, you can find all our stuff at motorcyclesandmisfits.com. And uh, yeah. And many thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Ooh, yes. those guys! Yes. Thank you. We've got to tell you how ace you are because you are. Yeah. Anybody Every else? single one of you. No, that's it. Anything else to announce? No other business. All right. Let's get out of here, Henry. Scott. This is Knock. Bagel. Emma, darling. This is Z. We out. Peace. Cool. cool. cool.